Good morning. Welcome to worship at the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa for August 23rd, 2020, five plus months into the COVID-19 crisis. I am Reverend Sharon Jaeger-Lenner, Parish Associate at the Church. Pastor Jason and family are taking some well-earned vacation time this week. But to begin, I would like to say a special thank you to our accompanist, Micah Wright, who so beautifully leads us into worship each week. Thank you, Micah. In the way of announcements, if you know anyone who would like a CD of this podcast or any other Sunday's message, just contact the church office and one will be sent to you. For those interested in the drive-in movie in the parking lot, next Saturday, the 29th, will be The Rocketeer, which is a 1991 superhero film. The movie begins at 8 p.m. And we are sad to announce the death of John and Judy Imms and Stephen Kathy Burns, 22-year-old granddaughter Eden. Pray for the whole family and for Eden's mother, Janelle. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 9, the first two verses. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Pray with me. Eternal God, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the splendor of creation and in the beauty of human life. Touched by your hand, our world is holy. Help us to cherish the gifts that surround us, to share our blessings with our brothers and sisters, and to experience the joy of life in your presence. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in to today's children's message. We are missing you all and hoping you are all doing well. Once upon a time, there were two brothers. Their father had a large farm, and when he became too old to work, he called his sons to him. I am too old to work anymore, he said. I will divide my farm in half and give each of you one half. I know that you will always work together and will be good friends. When the brothers first started farming on their adjoining farms, they were the best of friends and would share everything together. But then, one day, there was an argument between the two brothers, and they stopped speaking to one another. For many years, not a word was spoken between them. One day, one of the brothers was at his house when a carpenter came to his door and said, I would like to do some work. Do you have any work that I can do? The brother thought for a moment and replied, I would like for you to build a fence on my property. Build it down near the stream there that separates my farm from my brother's. I don't wish to see my brother anymore, and I would like for you to build a high fence there. I'm going to town, and I'll be back later this evening. When he came back that evening, he was shocked to see that the carpenter had not followed his instructions. Instead of building a high fence, he built a bridge over the stream. The man walked down to take a look at the bridge, and as he did, his brother walked toward him from the other side. His brother said, After all the terrible things I've done to you over the years, I can't believe you would build a bridge and welcome me back. He reached out to his brother and gave him a big hug. The brother then walked back up to his farmhouse to talk to the carpenter. Can you stay, he asked. I have more work for you to do. The carpenter answered, I'm sorry, I cannot stay. I have to go, for I have many other bridges to build. Sometimes in life, we may have a disagreement. A disagreement with our brother or sister, disagreement with friends or family. And when that happens, we often build a fence between ourselves and them. We stop talking to them. We don't want to see them. We don't want to be around them. That isn't what Jesus wants us to do. Instead of fences, he wants us to build a bridge of love between us. Pray with me. Dear Father, we know it is your desire for us to live together in peace and harmony. Help us to love one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remember that our Lord Jesus can sympathize with us in our weakness, since in every respect he was tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with boldness approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us confess our sin against God and our neighbor. O Lord, our God, you call us to work for a world where all will be fed and have dignity, but we find ourselves distracted by our own desires. You call us to seek justice and peace, but we are satisfied with injustice and discord. You call us to bring liberty to the oppressed, but we do not insist on freedom for all. Forgive us, O Lord. Turn us to your will by the power of your Spirit, so that all may know your justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Our righteousness is found in Christ Jesus. 
alone, a gift of God by faith. Beloved people of God, believe the good news. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Thanks be to God.
powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Come on, sing it. Name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Yes, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. You have no rival. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. Last time, what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Although First John is called a letter, it has few of the features usually associated with biblical letters or epistles. Some think it is a general letter intended for a number of churches. Others think it's a sermon. Typically, the letters have a salutation, stating who it is from and to whom it is intended to reach, and concludes with a greeting to all and a blessing. The other two epistles of John are written in this proper letter format. Although there is no indication of the writer and no personal greeting, it is believed to have been written by the Apostle John near the end of the first century. It is written in the same style and language as the Gospel of John, and John would have been the only one of the original twelve to be still alive at that time. It was common for him to send messages of encouragement and reassurance to the groups of Christians, messages that would reach everyone. Clearly, though, this document addresses a congregation that has suffered some divisions amongst its members, and we remain uncertain as to who they are. Hear now the scriptures from 1 John Chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testify to it, and declare to you the eternal life 
that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O oh God, by your Holy Spirit, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do to obey Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Referring to these passages, Wesley stated, on addressing his contemporaries, John speaks to the whole Christian church in all succeeding ages to us. Since it was around the year 100 and at least 50 years since Jesus' ascension, the recipients of John's letter, the believers in the church, were the children and grandchildren of the original members. The newness had worn off. The standards Christians were called to do were different. They were expected to show kindness, to love one another, to give service and to forgive others, to live their faith. It seems they were getting tired of it and needed encouragement. Some of the newer Christians were that in name only. Their devotion to Christ was lagging. And there were factions within that wanted to improve the church and make it more contemporary. False teachers called into question the person of Christ, bringing doubts into the church. They needed help. John's goal was to defend the faith of the community and strengthen the church in the face of this false doctrine. Jesus had foretold, then many will fall away and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And now it was happening. Whether in ancient times or today, we can expect a letter to begin with a greeting. We usually begin with, dear so-and-so, or even simply, hi. But a greeting, even with emails. Instead, John throws us right into the intense points of his message. Light over darkness, eternal life, realized joy, and perfect love. John begins by establishing his main points. Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus was fully human and fully divine. God incarnate, Jesus, really was here with us. He begins this letter in the same way he began the Gospel of John. John 1.1 begins, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In this letter he states, We declare to you what was from the beginning. Both reflect the message in Genesis, which starts, In the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth to emphasize that Jesus, being one with God, was present even then. 
But he ties this in to Jesus and the beginning of the church. Jesus, the Messiah, the one who brought this new faith and hope to the community, is also the word who was with God in the beginning and became flesh. How do we know we can trust what we are reading or hearing? We may ask, who is the author? Who am I listening to? Are they experienced and credible or just giving an opinion? Jesus had given authority to his followers, telling them, you also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. While emphasizing Jesus' holiness, John then goes on to prove himself as a reliable witness to Jesus' humanity as he verifies what he has personally seen and heard. I googled the words reliable witness on a legal site. A witness is defined as one who has seen or can give first-hand evidence of an event or person. A reliable witness is someone whose evidence is likely to be allowed during a trial because what they say can be trusted. John qualifies. The Gospel of John stressed the importance of testimony about Jesus on the basis of what is heard or seen. In talking to Nicodemus, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. When Jesus was on the cross, John wrote of his own experience, He who saw this has testified so that you may also believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. Now John speaks with authority as he shares with them his personal experience. John's credentials were that he had heard, seen, looked at, and touched Jesus the Christ, the human and the divine. John heard the Sermon on the Mount. He listened to numerous parables that Jesus shared. He heard of the lost sheep and the mustard seed and building your house on a rock. He heard the people shouting Hosanna as Jesus rode into Jerusalem. He heard Jesus speak of things to come. And he heard Jesus cry out from the cross. In those few years, John saw many things. He was witness to Lazarus walking out of the tomb. He saw the storm being stilled by just a word. He saw Jesus walk on water. He saw the huge catch of fish. He saw 5,000 fed by only five loaves of bread and two fishes. He saw the lame walk and the blind see. And he saw the empty tomb. John saw the transforming power of the Messiah. John looked at the face of the widow whose son was raised from the dead. He watched Jesus touch lepers and the sick and heal them. The translation from the Greek word used here 
means not to see with the eyes alone, but also with the mind. The word look means to see with understanding. All of the events John witnessed served to show him that Jesus truly was the Son of God. At the tomb, John saw and believed. Peter saw the same scene, but John saw with understanding. Anyone can observe Jesus died on a cross in Jerusalem, but one must have understanding and faith to say, Jesus died on a cross in Jerusalem for our sins. Believe. John sat beside Jesus at the table, felt his touch as Jesus washed his feet, reclined against him as they ate. He shared the bread and the cup with him, and he walked to Gethsemane with him. The Gospel of John concludes with, This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and has written them. And we know that his testimony is true. But there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them was written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. It was necessary for Jesus to perform these acts in order to establish who he was, to let the people see, and to leave behind reliable witnesses to testify to him. John speaks with full authority. He is a credible witness. He proclaims the truth. He was there. He is saying, let me tell you these things, and then you decide. And John is telling us too. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he told him, the saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. The reason for John's teachings, that you may have fellowship with us and with the Father, that you may have what I have. The Greek word koinonia means community, participation, sharing, intimacy, active Christian participation with a common purpose. John did not believe the church was simply a human association, such as a club or party, but it exists by sharing the divine life seen in Jesus Christ. Christian fellowship binds people to God as well as to each other. Such fellowship with Father and Son is now open to those who did not get to meet the physical Jesus face to face. Our church, like many, has its fellowship hall, and even now we have our Zoom fellowship time, a place and time to gather in community with fellow believers and share our lives and our stories and our faith. Fellowship is much more than coffee and donuts. Our personal knowledge of God is deepened, enriched, and nurtured through shared experience of God. Jesus reminds us where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. John wanted them to experience the same joy he did, fullness of joy, completeness. 
Such joy comes through connecting with God in prayer. Do you pray regularly or on an as-needed basis? To have fellowship with God, we must talk to God. In response, we need to listen to hear God talking to us. We need to be fed daily from the Word. We need to share in worship. We need to be in the house of God wherever it is, even on a Zoom screen or a phone, and share our worship time with others. And we need to share what we hear and see and know. Sharing God in fellowship with others increases the joy of each. We may think, well, that is all well and good for the church at that time. John is a most reliable witness. He saw, heard, and touched the Lord. He can testify with great accuracy the reason for his beliefs. What about us? None of us has had the personal experience that John proclaims. Like Thomas, we wish we could see and touch and therefore truly know the truth. John's proclamation presents Christ to a generation of Christians who no longer can see or hear him except by the eyes and ears of faith. Jesus said to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. You have heard the voice of Jesus as you have read the scriptures, the voice of the Good Shepherd calling your name. Through scripture, you have heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit teaching you and reminding you of everything Jesus said. Jesus told his followers, You search the scriptures, and it is they that testify on my behalf. Authentic fellowship occurs only by declaration through word and deed to Christ Jesus, as John was doing. It is strengthened by the church that lives that word and allows itself to be led and guided by its communion with Christ. John wants us to get to know Jesus personally. He is proclaiming all he had experienced and asking them or us to believe. John begins his letter with a declaration of authority and an invitation to be part of this fellowship. We may not have someone like John who was an actual eyewitness, but we have had people who by their love and their deeds have very much shown us Christ in action. Christ is very visible today. We too have seen, heard, and felt the touch of our Lord. We know by hearing. Sometimes the words of scripture or a sermon or a hymn seem to be spoken or sung just for you, for they touch the very soul. You have heard Jesus. We can know because we have seen. So often during this COVID time, we see examples of people reaching out to one another in various ways just to say, I care. You are not alone. Through them, you have seen Jesus. We have seen the impact of God's grace and love in our lives. 
We have felt a hug in a moment of grief, a prayer in a time of worry or despair, a meal in a moment of need, a listening ear in a difficult time. We have felt the touch of Jesus. John knew that intimate relationship with the Christ, and it had changed his life. There was no way he could keep it quiet. John was filled with great joy, and he wanted the world to know. He was sharing his personal encounter with the Lord. Later in this letter, he reminds them, For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. The earliest disciples found Jesus coming to meet them in their tears, fears, and doubts. People are still experiencing tears, fears, and doubts. We can meet them and be Christ's presence. The actions of the early Christians was significant in the spreading of the faith. They visited prisons, cared for the wounded, welcomed the stranger, fed the hungry, and tended the sick. Jesus told the Father, As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. We can also be a reliable witness as we make Christ visible to the world around us. Jesus came to earth to be seen, heard, and touched. He came as God who walked among us to enjoy fellowship with us. He was an actual person in human history, and he called witnesses to explain the meaning of his life, death, and resurrection. John was not the last person to speak of personal experience of Jesus. We believe because someone made Christ visible to us. Perhaps someone sharing their story, an invitation to worship, prayers, a cup of coffee. We share that personal relationship with Christ. We know what Christ has done for us. We know he can do it for others. Can we do as John and proclaim him to the world? There is a quote that says, Our lives are a window through which others can see Jesus. Can others look at us and our actions and say, We have seen with our own eyes. The points I want you to take away today are, First, get to know Jesus. Read the Bible. Pray. Study. There are people who know a lot about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. You can help open their eyes. Speak with authority as a reliable witness of what you have seen and hear. Let your words, actions, and attitudes demonstrate what you believe in your heart. And last, share your experiences and your joy that others may see and believe and have the joy in believing. Tell your story. Remember, you may be the only Bible your neighbor ever reads. You came to believe because someone told you about and showed you Jesus. It may have been a Sunday school teacher, 
a pastor, a neighbor, a friend, but they were a reliable witness because of their words and deeds. During this time of COVID and racial and political unrest, of grief and loss and anxiety, we are called to see need and do something and be the person of Christ for others to see and hear and watch. In speaking of the Father, Jesus said, As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. That them is us. Go. Amen.
The needs of this world, the needs of our fellow citizens, and the needs of those around us feel overwhelming. At times, we can't even find the words to pray. Paul reminds us that in those moments, God has given us a gift. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. Romans 8:26. In a world where our sighs are too deep for words, let us pray. Holy and merciful God, we pray for our country, fractured as the political rhetoric begins to crescendo. We pray for wisdom and discernment for each citizen as we all pray for a direction forward for our country. Father, we pray for your protection for the thousands this week affected by the wildfires, excessive heat, tropical storms, and cyclones. We pray too for the safety of the first responders who risk their own lives for others. Lord, as the COVID pandemic continues, our patience is running thin, and we are all anxious for a bit of normalcy. Give wisdom to those working on a vaccine and give us each a positive disposition for the road still ahead of social distancing. Oh, how we miss our hugs. Of wearing masks. Oh, how we miss each other's smiles and of no large gatherings. Remind us that no matter how difficult this is for us, none of this is a surprise to you. For the beloved PCC family that we miss so much, we pray for your health, healing, and peace over each one. We pray for our brothers and sisters who are physically separated from one another due to COVID. Give each one a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit today, that each would know that they are holy and dearly loved by you, Lord. Father, we pray for your healing comfort for Janelle, the M family, and the Byrne family as they grieve the sudden loss of Eden. May they feel your loving presence envelop them and comfort them. We lift up Charlotte DeMott and Terry Ewan. Holy Spirit, heal their bodies. Give wisdom to their doctors and be with both Terry and Charlotte every step of their journeys. Father, we also pray that as Pastor Jason is on vacation this week, that you would give he and Malia, Zeke and Elsie a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit. Refresh them in this week and this time off. Lord, each and every one of us have family, friends, neighbors and acquaintances that are not in relationship with you. 
And we pray for your Holy Spirit to break through, for each one to see your glory and acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. We pray for those that we know and love, that every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for your glory. We lift these prayers, both spoken and unspoken, to you in the name of the one we worship, Jesus the Christ, who taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Remember, Christ can still be seen, heard, and touched today. Look around and you will find him. Reach out and be the Christ that many are seeking today. By your words and by your deeds, he is very real. And now I leave you with this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you and all whom you hold dear this day and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace.